Welcome to the Profit Cast. I'm the coach, Levi Landrigan. And I'm the player, Luke McCark. And we're here to bring you our unique perspective on local, college, and pro sports. So join us as we dive into the headlines and stories that you need to know. Well, it's April, and that means that March and the madness are behind us. And what a maddening and exciting way the NCAA basketball championships concluded. Much as I predicted, to the to the many tears of my co-host, things went the way I thought they would. The the magical storybook ending for Coach K, a, a truly great legend of a coach, did come to a conclusion. North Carolina, the lowly eight seed, beat them in their round of the Final Four after Kansas truly had their way with Villanova. Luke said that Villanova would be good if they kept it close late, but they were unable to do that. So it was all Kansas going up against North Carolina in the championship. And what a game that was. We we sure had a treat where Kansas came out to a quick lead. North Carolina came storming back and looked like they were just pounding the nails into the coffin. We're up by 16 at one point. But Kansas breaking the NCAA record for largest comeback in the championship history came back and won the game. Uh, it really was fun to watch, wasn't it, Luke? Yes. Um, yeah, as you said, I um, watched the first half in, intently. Um, unfortunately, the life of being a teenager who has to go to school the next day, I was not able to watch the second half. Um, but I, I did catch um, quite a bit of that as well. Um, uh, yeah, so Armando Baycott was just having an incredible game up until halftime. He had a double-double already by halftime. He had like um, something like 12 rebounds and 10 points, and then he just went silent in the second half. And, you know, the Jayhawks just really just came out of – uh, came out of halftime, came out of the locker room. I would have liked to hear what Coach Self was saying in there. He got them ready. Worked. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't they didn't lose sight of their goal. And that's we can learn lots of lessons from sports, but one that I always love to see with big comebacks like this is the the team can be down by a lot more than anybody else ever, but they overcome the odds. They they have their eyes set on the prize and they work towards it. So that's uh, maybe a little bit of motivation for you, listener. It doesn't matter what in life has you down. If you keep the goal set before you and stay focused on that, you will be able to overcome obstacles, even if no one else has overcome them before. Uh, so here's to you being motivated and keeping your eyes set on the goal that is before you. So persevere and push on towards that. But that's enough of my soapbox for right now. Let's talk a little bit more sports. Well, something that we really enjoy talking about and you, the listener, enjoy hearing about is the National Football League. So we're going to talk just a little bit about that. There were some moves that we didn't get to last week that I think will have a big impact on the league. Um, Notably, Matt Ryan, the longtime starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons and one-time regular season MVP, was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. So that will be, I think, I think that will be a pretty good improvement for the Colts at that position. 
it'll be really interesting to see what Atlanta does. A lot of times teams can be kind of mediocre, and if they have a really good quarterback that then leaves, it can be a pretty sharp drop off a steep cliff for them. So I don't know if the Falcons will be very good this year or not. They are in a pretty soft division. Um, so, so it could be favorable for them to get some wins. But around that and NFC South, the Saints are going to be a little bit different. They re-signed their quarterback, but they will have a new coach. And speaking of teams in the NFC South with a new head coach, Luke's team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have experienced a little bit of, shall we say, uh, drama in Tampa or maybe drama in Tampa. I don't know. What's going on in, in the beloved city of your former Super Bowl champs? Yeah, so uh, Bruce Arians decided to retire, which I was very surprised by, um, given the fact that it takes a lot of work to put a team together. Um, and uh, he spent a lot of time, you know, trying to get everybody to come back, come back. And then to just retire after that was really surprising. Now, he is going into the front office, so he's not completely going away from the Buccaneers organization just taking a step back a little bit. But regardless, I was still surprised. Um, but I think Tampa Bay is going to be just fine because Todd Bowles has been a phenomenal defensive coordinator for them, in my opinion, one of the best in the league. Um, and it was either going to be Bowles or Leftwich. Um, and I was kind of surprised that they both stayed. I was too. I was pretty sure that one of them would stay because Arians isn't going to be around forever. Um, when he retires, one of them is going to fill that role. So I'm surprised Leftwich uh, didn't read the writing on the wall and uh, get himself a head coaching job somewhere. Um, and that might be in his future. But, uh, yeah, I am, as a Buccaneers fan, sad that Bruce Arians is no longer the head coach, but also excited that Todd Bowles is taking over for him. I have – some questions when I look at this situation because typically coaching changes happen the a, a lot of them happen the week after the regular season ends that's they call it black monday a lot of people get fired but within a month just about everybody has their new coach in place and they are and they are moving towards next season some of the last teams to hire a new coach are teams that are waiting for playoff teams to get done uh, for example, the Vikings were one of the last teams to hire their coach because they were waiting for the Rams offensive coordinator to be done winning the Super Bowl before they could officially hire him. But then this happens, the news of Arians moving upstairs and the defensive coordinator being the head coach and the offensive coordinator staying in the building. All of that made me kind of scratch my head because it happened oh, about a month and a half after the Super Bowl, after most coaches are set in place and kind of a good chunk of the way through the process of getting ready for next year. Uh, we like to speculate and look far out, but these coaches are living it every day. They're getting ready for the 2022 football season. So there's lots of work that already has been done. And it kind of makes you wonder why this happened shortly after Tom Brady announced his unretirement. I don't know for sure that they're linked, but it does seem odd that that Arians didn't retire at the same time as Tom. Um, perhaps he was excited by the prospect of Kyle Trask. I don't know. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, or Blaine Gabbert, maybe. But 
I kind of wonder if Tom Brady wanted Bruce Arians to not be the head coach anymore. Luke, what do you think about that? So my theory on this is that um, both Todd Bowles or the Todd Bowles, the organization, and Bruce Arians all knew that this was going to happen because there's no way that Arians in te- like intentionally, uh, without telling anybody, just said I'm gonna. I'm retire. Uh, as the kids say, I'm gonna dip this joint. Um, <laughs> Is that what they say? Apparently, I wouldn't I know. know. I'm not a kid. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but any, uh, anyway. So I, had, I have a feeling that he was, um, that Bulls, uh, was kind of getting like a feel for it or so, um, something to that nature. Um, while Arians was, uh, um, kind of training his uh, replacement, um. The flaw in that theory is that Bulls also took interviews for other jobs, um, which is a surprise, which maybe it was uh, Leftwich and Bulls um, just kind of like fighting it out for the job this last month. uh, And Arians was just kind of like the shield for that conflict. Um, Who knows? But I, um, the mostly what I believe is that this is not something that just happened in the weeks after Brady's retirement. Yeah. I don't believe that for a minute. There's something else that was going on. Um, probably between bulls left, which Arians Brady and management upstairs, they probably were all having multiple discussions while all of us were talking about the greatest quarterback ever retiring. They were talking about what's next year actually going to look like. Um, Tom Brady is not is not a flippant spur of the moment type guy. I don't think that he just decided to retire and then just decided that he wasn't going to. I mean, he stuck with the quarterback position for over 20 years. He if he decides that he's going to retire and be a dad, he's not going to quit on that. He's he's a lot of things, but a quitter is not one of them. So I I I don't know what to, quite to make of his fake retirement. Um and and who's to say that Arians is is actually retired? You know, he's upstairs right now, but could he go somewhere else? Could he go back into TV like he did before? We don't know. So keep your keep your eyes on that situation. There could be some more changes there. Um, but enough about Tampa Bay. Luke could talk about them all day, but I want to see Luke. Who are let's say your top uh, top five teams after free agency looking into next year? Who are going to be some teams? that will be good and competitive and some fun teams to watch as we look towards next football season? Well, there's a lot of teams to look at, um, most of them being in the in the AFC. Uh-huh. I think the only two teams that are going to contend for the Super Bowl in the NFC are the Rams and the Buccaneers. What about the Niners? No. They were, they were real close last year, and they haven't changed that much. Um, so... Um, as you know, and if you listen to my solo episode about the NFL draft, you know that I follow the draft pretty closely. Um, and I, I for one, do not believe that Trey Lance is going to be a long-term solution. I just don't think he's the guy. I just don't think he has the stuff. Mm. Um, so I, I just don't see it happening. Garoppolo was by no means – um, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's fair. He's just kind of—he was kind of your stereotypical average quarterback. Yeah. B plus. Yeah. Um, but I believe 
Lance is a step down. There is um, boom. There is boom potential, but I just think the percentage chance that the boom happens is low. Yeah, I think you have to believe that Lance is a step down. Otherwise, he would have played last year. Um, if he's a if he's a really truly dynamic quarterback worthy of trading picks to move up to number three overall to get him, then we probably would have seen a little bit more of him last year. Now we could be wrong. He might bust onto the scene this year and make make um, prove us all wrong. But uh, but time will tell. So I think I think that the Niners could be a dark horse. But you're right. I think that the Rams and the Buccaneers are would have to be the two favorites right now. Green Bay is in disarray. I, I don't think they'll win their division, um, but it's hard to say who will. I would say the Vikings, but they have a new coach. It's always hard to say how that is. And Kirk Cousins is better than Garoppolo, but he's he's not a – I mean, he he's not a franchise turnaround, Super Bowl winning, super dynamic quarterback. He's good. He, he can do some really special things, but we haven't seen him win enough playoff games to say that, oh, yeah, that's Kirk Cousins' division now. Um, who are some other teams that you like? So when you shift over to the AFC, more than half of the teams in that league are contenders. Yeah. Maybe not for the Super Bowl, but maybe. <laughs> Obviously, the Bengals are contenders. Um, and their weakness last year was offensive line. They've addressed that. They've gotten some good pieces. They've gotten much better in their one weakness. A lot of teams lose the Super Bowl and have a hard time bouncing back. I think they could still be good, those Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah, and uh, anyways, you look even farther in that division. I don't think the Ravens are contenders for super, for the Super Bowl at this point. Um, they've got a great quarterback. They've got some great stuff happening. But if it didn't happen last year in a weaker AFC, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Um and I also think the Browns are contenders because Deshaun Watson is a very good quarterback. Interesting um, even, take. Even with the drama surrounding him, if he stays healthy and they find um, some decent supporting cast members at receiver, they're contenders. I will push back on that real quick because on both of those because the Ravens were far and away the most injured team last year, and they missed the playoffs by a game. So if they can stay healthy, they have a good shot at bouncing right back to where they were two years ago, which is right around that 13-14 game winning area, um, possibly even pushing for a number one overall seed. Now, they are in a really tough division. It's going to be hard to get that many wins. But the Ravens could be a really good bounce back team. And with the Browns, I would say right now we just don't have enough information. We just don't know. I would put them in the same place as Trey Lance. He might be great. Um, and we do know that Deshaun Watson is great. He is a phenomenal quarterback. But is he going to play this year? Is he going to get suspended for half the season, for all of the seasons? Could he be in jail? We we just don't know. And that is the big question. If If Watson is on the field and if the Browns are able to get – a wide receiver, um, somehow, some way, um, preferably multiple, um, then I still think they're contenders. I will say this, though. He didn't play football at all last year. And two years ago, when he was the starting quarterback for the Texans, granted it was the Texans and they're a bad team, they only won four games. And then the next year, when they, when they took a significant step backwards in the quarterback position, they again won four games. So he is he is dynamic, but 
you would think that somebody as dynamic as Deshaun Watson would have changed that win-loss record a little bit more than that. So I just have too many questions to say that the Browns are contenders right now. Um, but I look at we talked last week a lot about the AFC West with the Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. All four of those teams could win. Um, and here's the thing: I was listening to a, another podcast that gave a top ten list, and they had two NFC teams and eight AFC teams. And here's the thing: only seven of them are going to make the playoffs. So you could easily be one of the best teams in the NFL this upcoming year and not even make the playoffs. I think it's usually there's a pretty good balance of strength between the AFC and the NFC. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think we're going to have a, a couple of really good teams in the AFC that won't even make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and it all depends a lot on divisions. Um, the, uh, the Colts, Texans, um, Jags, and uh, Colts, Texans, Jags. Uh, what's the Texas one? Titans? Titans. That's the most wide, uh, most like the probably the weakest division. Um, I don't think the Super Bowl uh, team is going to be in that division. I agree with you, but even in that division, I think the Colts are going to be a lot better, could be pushing for a playoff spot just with the amount that they've advanced from last year. And the Titans were the number one overall seed last year. So if they have a healthy Derek Carr all season, what could they do? But you're right. I do think that is the weakest division in the AFC. And in the weakest division, you have two potential playoff teams. Yeah, that's just so crazy. Because I think there's arguably arguably four um Four contenders in the AFC West. For sure. Um, arguably three contenders in the AFC East. Um, arguably three contenders in the AFC North. And then just two in the South. Here's my hot take, and I could be very wrong. But in the AFC East, you have the Buffalo Bills. I would say they're uh, not just a favorite to win the division, but they, they could make a really deep playoff run. I think this could be a really good year for the Bills. Um, and Miami, it'll be it'll be a really telling year for Miami. I think they could be a lot better. Again, new head coach, a lot un unknown there, but they added some really dynamic weapons. They shifted towards the offensive side of the ball. Tyreek Hill is a game changer, one of the few wide receivers that can really impact the game as much as as he can. It'll be a, tr a testing year for Tua. This will be when we really find out if he's an NFL franchise quarterback or if they need to start looking for somebody else. But here's my hot take. I think I think that the Patriots could be a non-playoff team. Um, I think that's fair. They, when I look just I within, that, I call that a warm take. Yeah, it's probably a warm take because I think other people are probably saying it too. Belichick is an incredible coach, but um, I think there's some things he's been he's getting a little bit set in his ways. He doesn't have an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator, which that's kind of weird. He just says that. He's just going to have some assistance. He's not giving out any official titles, which feels a little bit like a power grab. Now, you can say he's earned it, and I would grant that to you. But they need to they need to keep winning. They need to prove that he can win without Brady. That's kind of the monkey that's been on his back. And I think Mac Jones is a quality quarterback that could win them some games. But here's the thing. They lost to Miami twice last year. So what what evidence do they have? to repeat as second place in that division. I don't I don't think they'll do it. So I think they could be third place and I would take them out of the list of contenders. I think I would agree with that. 
Um, I'd say con- contenders for the playoffs, but not for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I could be wrong. You know, Belichick's defense is has he's the best coach that the league has ever seen. So they very well could make a good run and be the defensive team that surprises all of us and just doing Patriot things. There was several times where I was watching them last year in games and I was like, is this it? Is it like the Patriots are back? I, I thought I missed them because two years ago they had a losing record, but I really didn't miss them. <laughs> like I didn't like the Patriots when I was a kid and they were back because they just did not super flashy things, just played hard defense. Everybody do your role, do your job and win football games. And they were doing that last year. So there's a chance that they could keep doing that the Belichick way, the Patriot way. Uh, but again, only time will tell. Um, so you may have seen that um, I recorded a solo episode um, last weekend um, called The Players Preview, the new show on the Profitcast Network where I talk about um, the, the uh, prospects in the NFL draft this upcoming year. Um, last week was all about receivers. I gave my top 12 um, and just a couple um, – more guys that I think are either under or overhyped. Uh, and then I'm going to keep kind of following this pattern next week um, or this next weekend. I'm going to talk about running backs week after that. I'm going to talk about quarterbacks and then we'll see if I can squeeze in either some pass rushers or um, some tight ends some other time. Um, but stay tuned for more episodes of that. Yeah, if you want to know what's going to happen in the NFL draft, but you don't want to do all of the homework that it takes to figure out where people are actually supposed to be, listen to the players preview. Luke's already done the hard work for you. So I really enjoyed listening to it. We're excited to have this new show on the Profit Cast Network. And now for local sports. Luke, what are some things to keep an eye on this upcoming track season in central Nebraska? Yeah, so the Central City track team has three returning state qualifiers um, in Tyler Carroll, a hurdler, Elena McCarg, my sister, um, in the 800, and Ella Bulky in the mile. Um, Tyler Carroll has brought down his hurdle times um, to 15 flat, which is already his uh, PR from last year in the 100 hurdles. Um, so look for him to return to state and uh, hopefully uh, medal again. And uh, it's it's just really fun to watch. Uh, if you ever get a chance, I'd really encourage going and watching him hurdle sometime. Uh, and he r- really does have a chance at qualifying in three different events. Um, he's brought down his hundred time a lot, um, as well as his 300 hurdle time. Um, so, uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Elena McCard has also ran well in the 800 and the 400, um, both of which she also has a chance to qualify for this next, um, coming at state, uh, and Ella Bulky has run well in the mile. Um, also, shifting over to baseball, um, where you find the Central City Fullerton Centura Colonels. Um, it's a mouthful, but uh, it's worth it because they're currently 9-0, and um, fifth in wildcard points, um, and looking really nice under the leadership of Kale Jensen, um, who is going to be playing D1 baseball next year. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But remember, 
God made you special, and, and he, he loves, loves you very, very much. much. Bye.